morning, church. Let's stand to our feet. How y'all doing today? Come on, let's get our hands together. Come on. Hey.
church. songs this morning, I just want to share with you uh, a scripture from uh, John, uh, this is kind of impromptu here, uh, John 3.16, we all know it, right? For God so, 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 so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Hearing that? But in order that the world might be saved through him. This morning, I don't know where you are, but I just want you to know that God really loves you. He really loves you. And when we are in Christ Jesus, we are no longer judged and condemned because Jesus has already bore that for us. He has already paid that penalty for us. And we can come to him and worship. Complete access because all because of his love. And I've got a friend Closer than a brother There is no judgment Oh, how he loves me I've got a friend And he is my strength He is my portion with me in the valley, with me in the fire, with me in the storm. God really 
today. We praise you. We are here this morning, God, standing in this room because, God, we are yours. We are your kids. And we're here to just to, to acknowledge you, to worship you, to love you, to praise you, adore you. Lord Jesus, help us to Take a few moments this morning. Just be still. Find me, Lord, lest I forget. Sing this. Still, 
some praise all right happy mother's day turn to the mothers around you say hi to them good morning church happy mother's day to all of you this morning we are so blessed to be here together. And for all you moms, we want to celebrate you, whether you're a mom, you're going to be a mom, you have a mom, or you have a spiritual mom. We just want to thank you for being here today and celebrate you, all you moms out there. Just a couple announcements I want to share with you. We'd love to connect with you. And if you haven't been, you've been visiting the church for a while and you haven't connected with us, you can go out in the atrium and you can fill out a connect card. We also have a digital platform that you can do as well. You can go to the digital platform and you can put in the number 904-441-6900 and you can actually, it's up on your screen, you can actually connect there, put that word in connect, text that. Also for the word news, if you wanna know more that's in your bulletin, there's more going on in the life of the church, please go there. Also for prayer, prayer request. If you have something you love, we'd love to pray with you. You can do the same thing, put the phone number in and put the word in connect and put your prayer request in. 
Just a couple announcements I'd like to highlight with you this morning. We have a beach baptism next Sunday, May 15th at the uh, St. Augustine Beach, 10th Street at one o'clock. If you have been considering accepting Jesus as your savior, this is your opportunity to be baptized in the beach. Just talk to one of the staff and they will connect you with whom you need to speak with. Um, also, we have a congregational meeting on May the 22nd, which is a couple Sundays from now. That is an opportunity for you as a congregation to come. We are going to be voting and talking about uh, going forward for our family life centers, and we'd love you to be a part of that. If you have questions, we have answers, and those answers are this. Come on May 18th in the sanctuary at six o'clock and we will try to answer all your questions that you have. So we'd love for you to be there as well. As you notice, some ladies walked up. These are, this is our mom's ministry, the three ladies here. This is Brenda Kelly, Joy Scott, and Stacy Morrison. They head up our mom's group and we just wanna thank you church for the generosity and your giving and your tithing. This allows our women's ministry to not only have Bible studies, but also events with all the giving that that you give to our church. We are so thankful and blessed for you. But I just wanted you to meet them because they are starting August the 24th, a Bible study for moms uh, and on the second floor. And so Brenda's gonna take just a second and share what that Bible study is that you can go ahead and start signing up for it. The name of our study is Mama Bear Apologetics, Empowering Your Kids to Challenge Cultural Lies. And we meet at the same time as Kids Purpose. So you'll never be late to pick up your kids. And we have a wonderful time sharing the word of God. Thank you, Brenda. One of the things that she mentioned is the three of them, you're only seeing two children. They actually have between them 11 children. So they know how to help you moms. And if you are not volunteering on Wednesday night, uh, with any of the ministries that's going on on Wednesday night and you're just bringing your little kiddos, please come up and, and visit with these ladies. They'd love to start that Bible study with you. Um, I would love for you to just stay right here and we're just gonna pray over all the moms here in this place. If you just bow your heads and play with me, please. Lord, we remember the mothers who have gone before us for their love, their sacrifice, struggle, and joy. We so thank you for them. Lord, we remember the mothers of scripture who are part of our story as we are part of your story, Lord, for their courage, their faith, and their love. We thank you. Lord, we remember those who have not given birth to us, but they are our mothers as well because they've given of themselves that spiritual gift to be and walk beside each one of us. So for all moms, for all your tears and for all your strength and for all your wisdom, for all the love that you've given us, we just love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, you don't have to wash your hands. I have so much time to myself. Hey, walk away when I'm talking to you. My kids really respect my privacy. When this timer goes off, please turn it off and do not tell me. Thanks.
Here, can you use up all my battery? Don't call me when you get there. I don't want to know where you are. It is just too quiet in this car. Okay, we're about to leave for church, so if you're going to make a huge mess, you better do it now. I don't know. Your dad usually does everything around here. All of these people are such good drivers. Eating dinner is completely optional. Hanging up your towel is completely optional. Flushing the toilet is completely optional. Okay, this time, can you smile more like a crazed lunatic? Hey, you want to dig through the fridge for the fifth time today? I'd definitely rather be here than at the beach. I am loving the look of these chips on the floor. I am loving the smell of your feet in my face. I am loving this back pain. Get a massage. Ew. No thanks. Take anything you want from my closet and don't worry about putting it back. Don't look at the camera. Look over there. If your sister takes your toy, just give her a good smack on the head. Hey, come drink that grape juice in here on the carpet. It's dinner time. Everybody come get a snack. Hey, did you know you can wear the same pair of underwear all week long? Happy Mother's Day. We appreciate you. <laughs> Somebody else that we really appreciate is uh, L.A. Joyner. He's a retired pastor here at our church. Uh, pastor Sam was supposed to bring the message today, but he is sick kind of last minute we were all scrambling around he was going to preach and we we called la and he said sure brother we'll do it so uh, let's give la a warm welcome as he brings the message this morning thank you father blessed to be here yeah my wife and i were out of town doing a little vacation and we were driving back in friday afternoon all relaxed everything looking forward to a nice free weekend and my phone rings out of us one coming in and it was sam and he said uh, well, the pastor's out of town. I said, okay. He said, uh, I'm sick. So I'm sorry. He said, he said, you're the pinch hitter. You're up. And I said, so I said, sure, sure, sure. And as soon as I hung up, I, I said to Teresa, my wife, I said, well, you know, uh, I'm not sure what I'll preach. She said, I do. It's Mother's Day. I said, Mother's Day. I forgot it was Mother's Day. So bear with me. So I'll do my best. You're going to do your best? Just press in here together and Get God's word together. You ready? Amen. We're in it together. We're a team. If you're visiting today, God bless you. I, I pray you'll be blessed today. God will do special things in your life. I'm praying for that, asking God for that. Happy Mother's Day has already been said. That, did, that wasn't like the house I grew up in. How about you? I tell you. <laughs> the title of my message is Listen to Your Mama. Listen to Your Mama. You know, um, Let's say that together. Listen to your mama. Turn to someone and say that. Okay, I listened to you carefully when you did that. You didn't do that. You didn't do that really well. Let me tell you why. Because I, I, some of you turned and said, listen to your mother. That's not what I said. If you haven't figured out by now, I'm a southern boy. I'm from the deep south. What I said was, listen to your mama. It's different. You know, there's different dialects. Right? I've traveled in different parts of the world and I've preached all over Mexico. And there's places I could take you you wouldn't believe in Mexico that are still very remote. And one night I preached with two translators. I preached from English, translated into Spanish, had another translator translating from Spanish into an Indian dialect. By the time I got through a sentence, I didn't know what to do. I about forgot where I was. So there's dialects. And all you folks that moved down from the north or moved from the west, people are moving from all over the place. I can't blame them for wanting to be here in beautiful St. Augustine. 
Amen. Praise God. But you need to learn the dialect or you're going to miss out some things down here. We kind of knock things off in the South. We drop off a few syllables and has, you know, those kind of things. And uh, I was reminded, uh, I used to pastor up in Valdosta, Georgia, which isn't too far from here. We planted a church there and were there for many years. And uh, we had a large university there and a lot of international students were there. And there was a young man in our church, a godly Christian man from Kenya. His name was Friday, like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday Imok. And he had a beautiful British accent. And one day we were there having some fellowship in the church. And, and he was standing there and some of these good old boys like me were gathered around. And one of them walked up and one said to the other one, how's your mom and him? <laughs> and I said, whoa. And, and, and the guy asked him. The guy asked him. He said, they're all doing well. And I said, uh, wait, Friday has no idea what you just said. Let me translate. Let me translate this dialect into what he can understand. I said, what he said was, how is your mother and the rest of the family? How's your mom and him? Right? Okay, so you're going to have to stay with me today and listen and uh, get the translation today as we get into into the Word of God. Turn to John chapter 2, and this is Mother's Day, and I will be talking about mothers today and what it means. Let's just stand together, if you will, in John chapter 2. Thank you for bringing your Bible. Actually, I went out and bought a Bible after Pastor Jeremy um, told us all to get a paper Bible. Remember that? Yeah. I had a house full of Bibles, every translation imaginable, but I didn't have a good preaching Bible in an ESV, so I went out and just bought this, just, just brand new. So I'm trying to learn to read this new translation. You know, when you grow up learning, memorizing King James, how many did that? You have trouble even reading the Bible because you, you, you stumble over these things. So I'm, I'm having a little bit of trouble, so bear with me. John chapter 2. On the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also invited to, was also invited to the wedding with his disciples. When the wine came out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Or when the wine ran out, said they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. <laughs> Mamas. Now, there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. When the master of the feast tasted the water, now become wine, and did not know where it came from, though the servants had known, had drawn the water. The master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, and when the people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. This, the first of his signs, Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity of hearing your word, of teaching your word, of receiving your word. Lord, I pray that mothers be blessed and honored today and you be glorified. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. you may be seated. Thank you very much. Mothers. It's so interesting there that when in that one small passage there that we just read, 10, 11 verses, when it talked about Mary... Three times in five verses, it said the mother of Jesus, the mother of Jesus, the mother of Jesus. He was making a point. This was the mother of Jesus we're talking about here. There's something very powerful about a relationship between a mother and her children. 
There, there's something the mother conceives that child, carries that child. That child's nutrients and food comes through that mother through the time of, of the uh, birth process. And when the baby's born, there's a bonding that takes place with that baby. And then that bonding increases as, as the child grows under the tutelage and covering of that mother. Something special. Even if a mother is not spiritual, something spiritual happens. And that's why oftentimes, even if a baby is given up for adoption for whatever reason, oftentimes, many times, that child will want to go back and find that mother. There's a spiritual connection, something that God has done that brings them together, that wants to be know something about, about their mother. It's, very, it's a very powerful God thing that happens. I love this story of Jesus and Mary at the wedding in Cana. Beautiful story of a boy, a man, and his mama. And they're meeting together there. And I love the, dis- the discourse that takes place between them. There's a lot between the lines here uh, that can happen. You know, when you know someone really well, there's a lot of things being said and happening that no one else knows except the two of you. And that's kind of what was going on here uh, in this situation. Uh, and so at this time, make it, Jesus made it very clear that he had never performed a miracle before. This was the first miracle Jesus ever performed that we're reading about here. And there's just something here that mamas know things about their kids. They know things. And they, the big thing they know is all mamas know their kids are special. Maybe the most special. And grandparents really know that their grandkids are the best of the best special. Mary had been visited by an angel, Gabriel, told her she was going to have a baby. She said, how is it going to be possible? I'm a virgin. He said, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you, and this is going to be a thing of God. And so, and so all the things that happened there, then she being a good Jewish girl, she knew all the prophetic messianic verses that she'd heard taught at the, at the synagogue, and she knew about what was coming. So when he said, this, this child is going to be, your child is going to be the Messiah, she began to under, have an understanding about that. And, and the scripture says several times Jesus, that Mary pondered these things in her heart. She thought about these things. As she's waiting on the manifestation of Jesus to be revealed as the Messiah. Can you imagine that? He's a little boy. He's a natural boy. And she's bringing him up and she's bringing him to that place. And I'm sure she was wondering when will the miracles begin? When will the supernatural things start? When will the signs of his Messiahship come forth? When's it going to happen? And yet she's going through the daily mundane routine every day, you know, go feed the cows, go to, all, this, all this kind of thing was going on. And I'm sure she could, she could hardly wait for that first miracle. And he was special. <laughs> when he finally, when would he finally start living like the Messiah? Well, this is important because Jesus said, it sounds like he was rebuking his mother, but he wasn't. But he said, what does this have to do with me? My time hasn't come yet. It's not my time. The timetable of Jesus being revealed as the Messiah was very critical. If you go back and study the life of Jesus through the Gospels, you see that, that God would move Jesus around different places protecting his life because Satan would have liked to have killed this Messiah before he could go to the cross on his own. He'd like to stop him. And so it was very important. So it's very important that the time where Jesus would be revealed to the world as the Messiah. When he performed this first miracle, we're off and running now. Amen. That's no joke to the Kentucky Derby. We're going now, right? We're moving now. Amen. And so he was very careful. Because what was going to happen here, there was a time when Jesus was growing up, son of God from the beginning, but yet he was, 
Mary's son. He had a life like everybody else had, but he's about to be revealed and changed from the carpenter's son to God's son. Hallelujah. And that revelation is about to take place. Well, they've run out of wine. What are they going to do? And running out of wine was a great mistake because when you invited someone in your home, it's true now, but it was especially true in, this, in the Jewish tradition, is you wanted to be the best host that you could be. You wanted to care for your guests. You wanted everyone to be treated equally. You wanted everybody to have a good time. You wanted everyone to be filled with joy. And wine was a symbol of joy. And so they didn't want some of the people to have wine and some of the people not to have wine. They didn't want to run out of wine. They wanted everyone to be treated the same. And they want everyone to have a great time and be filled with joy. And they've run out of wine. What a dilemma. And so I can just see Mary. She's easing over closer to Jesus, who's never performed a miracle. But she knows her boy. She knows who he is. And she said, they've run out of wine. They're out of wine. And Jesus said, what does that have to do with me? She didn't even answer him. She turned to the surface. She said, whatever he tells you to do, do it. Whatever he tells you to do. Maybe she was sensing something there. So what does Jesus do? Jesus did what every good son did. He listened to his mama. He listened. That's always a good thing to do. Listen to your mama. And so Jesus starts speaking to the servants. He said, get these big pots, purification water pots, 20 to 30 gallons apiece. And Jesus just turned it into wine. Not only wine, but the best wine is the people. He said it was the best wine. Whatever Jesus gives you is the best. Jesus doesn't give you the imitation. Jesus gives you the best and the real thing, the genuine. Amen. Isn't that right? That's who he is. That's what he does. And it says, this was the first of the signs Jesus did in Cana, in Cana of Galilee, and manifested his glory. Now the cover's off. Now he is the Messiah. Now that's up for debate. They're debating it, but he's up and going now. And it says, it's very interesting, that last sentence, it says, and his disciples believed in him. Well, they've been walking with him for a while. What happened here? I thought they'd already believed in him, not to this level. When they saw the confirmation, the Bible talks about signs following the Bible talks about signs following the word. The Bible says Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. And that's, that's followed this. But this was that first sign. And they said, this is he. And they began to follow him. Now, we usually don't talk much about Jesus and Mary and their relationship. We, we talk about it at Christmas time. We talk about the immaculate conception and all the things we talked about from, uh, from the angel speaking to Mary. We usually talk about uh, her purity her faith, her humility, her obedience, and all those things are true. All those things are true. But we don't talk a lot about the relationship between the two of them. I want you to understand that Jesus didn't just drop out of heaven and, and in some kind of bubble wrap and then just released on this day. He was a person. He was a person. He had, he had things he dealt with every day. He was a carpenter's son. He was strong, had, had sawdust in his veins, you know. That was who he was. He had kids that he played with, and he had friends. People liked him. He liked them. They had a relationship. It was something that was there. He was human, but with a divine destiny. He had a divine destiny, but he was human. God did his part, but I want you to understand that Mary had to do her part. 
mothers taught children. A lot of times fathers were out wherever they were doing their job, but those mothers were the ones that were really pouring into. Now, fathers talked to, but they were pouring into. These mothers were teaching them how to live, teaching them about the Word of God, teaching them about the Torah, teaching them what they were supposed to do, how they relate to society, and that's what she did with him. Heavenly call, human training. When he was 12 years old, Jesus, they went back to Jerusalem to a feast. Probably know this story. So they travel with all the clans, and they all go back and gather. Jerusalem would swell from a small town to a huge metropolis at the feast time. Thousands and thousands of people would come from all around the region, and they would come in there. Jesus is there. So the the feast is over. They're going home back to Nazareth, and they leave. And and, uh, this seems so shocking, but after about a day, they said, where's Jesus? He's 12 years old. Where is he? They started looking around. They checked all the families, all the cousins, and everybody. He's not there. They said, oh, my goodness, he, we left him in Jerusalem. And so they, they go back. Three, day, three days it takes to, from the time they lost him to the time they found him. This is not such a big deal. I've been a pastor most of my life. I've left kids at church before. <laughs> I, I've had to come back and find my little girl sleeping on the front row of the church because we were, we were going home to eat lunch. I was hungry, you know. And, uh, and so they left him. Not three days, but they left him for three days. So they go back, and when they find him, he's in the temple, in the holy place, in the temple, in that holy place there uh, of of worship where they would all come. And so they found Jesus sitting among the teachers, like the preachers of the day, and they were discussing the word of God. They were discussing the law. Jesus was listening, and they were amazed, confounded really by the, the hunger that he had for the word of God and the knowledge that he had. Where did that come from, from his mama? His mother had taught him. Now, if you don't believe that, listen to Proverbs 6.20. Proverbs 6.20 says, My son, keep your father's commandment and forsake not your mother's teaching. Forsake not your mother's teaching. Mother's Day today. So I want to say to you, forsake not your mother's teaching. And mothers, if you haven't been teaching, start now. If If your children are too old, you have some grandchildren. Start now. Start teaching and pouring into them the things of God. So now they begin to go back and there's, a, there's really a, a, a tremendous insight of what happened there and what happened right after that that I want you to see. Now, now if you want to turn to Luke chapter 2 verse 51, this is when they're leaving and they're going back. They've just found him in the temple now they're going back to Nazareth. And he went down with them, Jesus, and he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and favor with God and man. His mother treasured all these things. What things? All the things that she'd heard from the angel, all the things that she knew, and what just happened in the temple, which was a profound moment when she found him there and saw the teachers approving of him, amazed by his hunger for God. But it says Jesus went down. Now, this is important. Because Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He probably was beginning to perceive something about his identity when he's talking with these, with these priests there. It would have been very easy for Jesus to say to his mom and dad when they're going back, you guys will go ahead. I think I belong here. I've just realized who I am. I'm going I'm to just go ahead and move on up into this place here. But the Bible says he left Jerusalem. You know, you went up to Jerusalem. 
He went down to Nazareth. We always need to come down, folks. We always need to walk in humility. We don't need to get too high in our own eyes. Sometimes we get in these, in these supernatural experiences or in these great experiences and people look at us and say, wow, man, you're so spiritual, whatever. We need to come back down Amen. and walk in humility. The Bible says about Jesus himself in Philippians chapter 2, he made himself of a servant. Made himself a servant. He humbled himself and became a servant. We need to walk in that. And in that place of the servant, in that place of humility, in that place of coming down, God will develop us and God will work in us. And it says that when Jesus did it, he came down to Nazareth and was submissive. Say that word, submissive. Submit. We don't hear that much anymore. Submissive means it's, it's submission means a submission that comes under us, a submarine comes under us. You come under the mission. You get under someone else. You can't be faithful in that which is another man until you've been until you've been faithful in that which is your own. You can't have that which is yours until you've been faithful in that which is another man's. What it says. You need to be under that. So Jesus did that. He came down. He went back. And what happened? And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. What was the result of Jesus submitting himself to godly authorities over his life? God places authorities over our life. Wise people submit to authority that is godly authority over our life. It could be the police. It could be your pastor. You see, in the home there's authority. In government there's authority. We need to submit to godly, God-given authority over our life. And what happens when we do that? Jesus grew, it says. You know, when you come under authority and submit to authority, you grow. You grow. Rebels don't grow. Let me say it again. Rebels don't grow. You come under authority and you grow under authority. It's a God-given thing. It's something that God does. He came under authority and he grew in wisdom. I tell you, one of the saddest things in the world is to find an elderly person without wisdom. Because experience is not wisdom. Experience without wisdom means they're not really that smart because we should learn from our experience and learning from experience brings wisdom and the Bible says seek wisdom Proverbs says seek wisdom do all you can to gain wisdom so Jesus grew in wisdom and stature not only did he grow in size he grew as a person we all want to grow as people don't we grow up become more like Jesus and he grew in favor I like that with God and man. What does that mean? That means that God liked him. <laughs> but it meant people liked him. Did you hear that? People liked him. When you grow in God under authority over God-given authority, you'll grow to a place that people will like you. People liked Jesus. People liked you. Jesus wasn't some religious, pharisaical kind of a person. People liked him. They invited him to parties. People that you wouldn't even want to go to their house, invite them to parties. Tax collectors and sinners would invite them, and he would go. He would, I know, I know you're thinking, he would go because he had favor. God had given him favor. You can't reach them until you can be with them. You can't reach them until you can be with them. Now, Jesus didn't live like them, but he had favor with them. Now, why did Jesus... Why did Jesus, submitting to authority, why did it empower him for his mission? Why did his going back at 12 years old and submitting to his mother and father, the godly authorities over his life, why did that prepare him for his divine mission? Why? 
Turn to, to Ephesians chapter 6. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus. He's teaching the church in Ephesus how to live your godly life, how to live the Christian life. And he says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Children, why should you obey your parents? It's right. <laughs> it's just right. I'm sorry. Ephesians 6, verse 1. And then he says, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with the promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Now, if you just kind of waking up here, maybe you just said, who is this guy? Listen to this. If you haven't heard anything else, this is a commandment with a promise, with a promise. Say, well, that's a commandment. Thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, this is a commandment with a promise. If you do this, something's going to good come out of this to you. What does he say is going to happen? With a promise. It'll go well. Not only will you live a long time if you honor your father and mother, no longer will you live longer. It's going to be better. It'll go well with you. It's going to be a better life. How many want some of that? Amen. Amen. So honor your father. So they were focusing on mothers. So I say, honor your mother. Honor your mother. Honor your mother. By the way, honor your mother and the father is one of the Ten Commandments. One of the, that's pretty big. Made one of the big ten. Ten commandments. Honor your father and mother. Today it's mothers. Honor your mother is a part of the ten commandments. Very important. Amen. Very important. I'm going to just kind of pause here a moment. I want to ask you a question. I know we got probably people visiting, whatever. Come back next week. I'm just a visitor here. I mean, I'm just, I'm a member here, but I'm not here next week. Here's my question. Are you ready? I can ask this question. How do you feel about your mama? How do you feel about your mother? I hear crickets. I hear silence. I don't know how you feel about your mother. You may not have had a, a sweet, loving mother like I'm teaching here. You may have had a, a mother that wasn't so nice. You may have been rejected by your mother. I don't know. I don't know. But we have to be careful here because the scripture doesn't say honor your mother if she deserves it. It's like when, when the Bible says forgive, it doesn't say forgive them if they deserve it. It says forgive them. Let me tell you a quick thing about the principle of God, just real quick, but it's powerful. When you see in the word where the word of God says to do something and you say, I don't think I can do that. If you decide to do it and you go ahead and move in that direction, God supernaturally blesses your obedience and releases the grace to accomplish that thing. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So when you say, I can't forgive my mother, I know you can't, but just go ahead and say it anyway. Don't wait until you feel like it, because you won't. Just go ahead and move in that direction. Say, I forgive my mother for the way she did this, for that, for the other. And now God releases his supernatural anointing and blessing upon your life to do the thing he's required you to do. Love your mother. Love your mother. Honor your mother. We honor our mothers. We honor our mothers. How do we do it? The word honor means to fix evaluation upon, to revere, to value, value your mother. When you were young, you honored your mother by obeying her. Obey her and love her. 
When you're old, you honor your mother by taking care of her. Whatever her needs are, you make sure she's taken care of. Don't say, I don't know what's going to happen to my mother. I do. You're going to take care of her because you're a Christian, because you believe the word. You want to honor her. Jesus, the Messiah, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, is hanging upon the cross, not because he was captured, but because he laid his life down for us, for our, for our sins. The only begotten of the Father, not the son of Joseph now, but the son of God, the only begotten, dying on the cross, that's on his mind. And from the cross, he looks down and sees his mother and his, and his friend John, and he says to his mother before he dies, he said, Mother, thy son. And he says to John, Son, thy mother. So he's done his part, his last part of honoring his mother. And then the Bible says right after that, he shouted with a loud voice, It is finished. It is finished. He gave up the ghost. He died, went into the grave, was raised by the glory of God the Father, seated at the right hand of God. It's a part of who we are. It's a part of who Jesus is. Honor your mother. Honor your mother. I've done a lot of bad things in my life and I've, I've dishonored my parents by my activity at times, but I have never, never gotten in my mother or father's face and ever dishonored them. By the grace of God, I'm thankful for that. I am thankful because I, I could, but I think, I'm thankful that I haven't. God's grace help me do that and help me cover that. We want you to honor your mother today. Can we just all stand together as we close? We never outgrow our need to honor our mothers. We never get too big for that. If you're here today and there's some pain when I talk to you about forgiving your mother or, or loving your mother, honoring your mother, let's just start there. Don't let something that happened in the past sabotage your future. So again, don't let something that happened in the past with your mother or your family sabotage your future. Because a lot of people are poisoned by that. Just bow your heads right now. Just bow your heads right now. And just forgive your mother. Even if you don't know your mother, if your mother gave you away, just go ahead and forgive her. You don't know what she was going through. Just forgive her. I forgive her. Just release her. Honor her in your heart. And the blessing of God will come. The grace of God will come. Something is going to change in your heart today, in your mind today, toward your mother. And guess what will happen? It's going to bring a blessing. It's a commandment with a blessing. Honor your mother and your father. Heads bowed. If you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, this is the day that you can do that. It's important that you believe in your heart, but you confess with your mouth. It's important that you confess it to someone. You can do it right where you stand. You can do it as you leave. And you can, but it's important that you confess what you've done with your relationship with Jesus. So I encourage you to do that today. Just, just lift your hands to, to the Lord. When we lift our hands to the Lord, we're blessing the Lord. Just say, I bless you, Lord. I bless you. I bless you. Now just reach your hands down like you're putting it out to someone else. And just imagine your mother there and just say, I bless my mother. If your mother's sitting by you, just put your hand on her gently and just say, I bless you and I honor you in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. Won't you come? If you have a need today, come. I'll pray with you, any need that you might have, but especially if you want to receive Jesus as your Lord today.
thank L.A. Joyner for this uh, Mother's Day message. Thank you, Brother L.A. Let's pray as we are dismissed this morning. Lord Jesus, we thank you for moms. Thank you for this message. It is encouraged, but it is challenged. And Lord, we thank you for our mamas. And God, we bless them today. Go with us as we go forth over this place in your grace and peace. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray. And all God's people said, amen and amen. God bless you. Happy Mother's Day.